0: Thank you. Thank you for having me here, you know. And this is my first time in Clearwater and areas, it's beautiful. And she and I we call each other sisters because she survived the Mao's Cultural Revolution. We never knew each other. We were in the same province, Sichuan and same city Chengdu. We did not know each other until last year, we both were fighting against CRT. <laughs> we discovered each other like in Virginia, we met the first time. And So if you see us talking our Sichuan dialect, it's okay. It's not Mandarin, okay? But that's very unique. So I don't want to repeat what Shirley shared with you. And I just want to have my own personal testimony and to say what I see is happening today in our beloved country. So here's my less than two minutes clip from my video, and which is from my home in New Hampshire. We have 20 acres, you know, God's country. So you can say, uh, and this is from uh, like 2021. So the, go ahead, see. I'm Lily Tang Williams. I was born in China to illiterate working class parents, suffered under Mao's cultural revolution and the communist dictatorship. I wanted freedom, America was my promised land. I was 23 when I fled tyranny. Arriving with $100 in my pocket and knowing very little English, I worked hard to make my American dream come true. Today I'm happily married with three children, have my own businesses and live in the grand state where the spirit of liberty resides. My concern is that my children and the grandchildren will not have the opportunities I had. I see the shadow of authoritarianism cast by politicians who have locked us down, closed small businesses, inflated our money, and mortgaged our children's future. I saw it all before in China. The division of society, silencing dissident voices, and taking away parental rights, the indoctrination of youth, endless government mandates and control. People are losing their rights to make a living and to make their own life choices. Are you worried yet? I am. I fear that the country I love is becoming like the country I left. That is why I'm running for Congress. It is time for the majority to speak up defend our country from the radical left, and keep the American dream alive for our children. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do, you do you feel like sometimes when you, when you listen to some great songs, National anthem, and God Bless America, my, my goosebumps come out, yeah. you know? It's like a um, same, Kind of like when I was in China, you saw that I was a little girl, wearing a red scarf, looked very sad when Mao died. You know, the best kind of slave is you are enslaved. You cannot think freely. And you were same time saying, thank you Mao, thank you party. Thank you for saving us from starvation. You know, when I woke up in this country, 20 years later, since I landed in Austin, Texas, 1988, I wasn't political. I was focused on learning English, carrying my little dictionary to say, what did you say? Veliger, how do you spell Veliger? It's like, so, you know, I can pronounce correctly. I went through all that process to say, hey, I'm an American now, I'm safe. I have constitutional rights and I'm free, I'm free. I don't have to worry about the communism anymore. So it took me 20 years in this country to learn the language, to learn the culture, and to learn about the political system, of course. Two years later, I met my husband the first night in Austin, Texas. I think he was sent to me by God. And uh, I, I came here, like I said, with nothing. In the hole, $1,200 to so my American sponsor. borrowed the $100 cash and cannot not speak English. I started my graduate school. The first night I arrived in Austin, Texas, I met my husband. His mom was my dean of a, a graduate school I went to, and said, I got you a job. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't speak English. No, I got your research assistant job, and just check numbers. Oh, I say, thank God, because I don't know how I'm going to pay for school. I only got $100 borrowed. I told my friend, I'm going to America, I promise, and then I'm going to get rich. Okay, can you give me, give me 10 bucks, 10 bucks? That time, one U.S. dollars equal like something like seven Chinese yen. That's lots of money. And uh, I hold my five $20 bills. I did not want to even spend at airport to get a buggy. I was dragging my suitcase like this. And some Americans so kind, like offer me money. I said, no, 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 I don't want your money. I don't know what he mean. He probably said, "Go get you buggy" or something. I did not even quite understand. And uh, so I, I, you know, really arrived with five twenty-dollar bills. So I said, oh, "Now I can pay institution, and I can go to school and uh, have a little bit even healthcare benefits." Finally, saw dentist first time in my life. My teeth were horrible. They spent lots of time, and I had to pay lots of money to fix my teeth because, hey, only in a pretty wealthy, free society you get to see dentists. Of course our kids don't know that, right? They take everything for granted. So I got my teeth fixed and I got my job and I just trying to understand what I'm learning from graduate school. And uh, I actually had no idea what the School of Social Work was about. I studied law in China. I wanted to transform China my mother then, from a rule of man to rule of law, I was uh, even though indoctrinated and, and but I was still very patriotic. And uh, my parents were illiterate workers. So they told me, get the best education so you don't have to be factory workers. So I always uh, had some brain, I had a great memory. I had a good personality. Actually, I had to control myself sometimes because uh, I smile a lot under Mao. They always tell me, Why are you smiling? The world population is suffering. we are got to liberate Taiwan. Well, it's like I have to make an excuse by being happy and smiling, little girl. I have to say, Oh, Mao's uh, talking to me. I mean, I was so brainwashed. Sometimes I did see Mao's face in the sky behind the cards. And his face smiling in the fire when you have to do Chinese stir fry, you know, the wok. It's like all of a sudden he was talking to me, smiling. That's, you know, because, you know, I was raised as Buddhist. And we were told all religions were cult. You were only allowed to believe Mao party and communism. So I would go home. My mom would sometimes pray. It's like, mom, don't do that. That's, uh, you know. Um, capitalist, bonjour lifestyle. You need to believe the party. Come, I, it's like I went home lecture my mom because I was so red. I was a red child. Like she told you, five red classes, five black classes. So I come to this country. I thought, you know what? I gave up on China after I become faculty member in law school, and I was told, law it's not for justice or equal protection for the regular people. Law is Communist Party's tool to govern the masses. Uh, you are just one of the masses, one of the numbers, you know. And I just thought, hey, this American student told me on my college campus there is an exceptional document called the Declaration of Independence. Individuals have a right, not given to me by my government. I have a right by being me, given to me by my creator. You know, my light bulb came on, I never turned off. So when they told me law is just tool based on Soviet Union model, I said, I got to get out of this country. How am I going to get out? I have to be a stray rat. Don't tell anybody what I truly think. And somebody might turn me to the government, And you need permission from your Communist Party boss in law school to say, okay, you can quit your job. You can go apply for your passport. I don't own myself, you know? So I had to comply. What I'm saying, I had to lie. Oh, yes, yes, I go to political study meetings. I support the party, I support this or that. Can I please uh, quit my job? I'm going to come home, serve the country, do my job better because I'm really leaving by myself to use my own time, my own money, get an American sponsor to come to this country legally to get a graduate degree. So after I convinced my boss by deceiving him, it's like, oh, you know, okay, I'll give you permission to leave, but you got to sign an agreement. Agreements like I have to promise to go back to China after my master's degree, or the consequences is that kick you out of the party to become a faculty member of law school, you must join the party. Otherwise, where are your loyalty, since so it's a tool of the party. I didn't care about that. Okay, kick me up. You know? and, but number two, they're going to transfer my personnel data. All your private data belongs to the party, belong to the government. I even didn't know what's in my data, my personnel file. So they're going to transfer all my stuff back to Chengdu. So I could not really go back to Shanghai to have my job back from a second-tier city Chengdu to Shanghai, first-tier city. Even with official job offers, sometimes it'll take you a long time, even today, 10 years. So I just did not care. Okay, I will sign it. I will sign a piece of paper in order to exchange for my freedom. So kids in this country don't realize that you need permission to have freedom of movement in China. Then your data, is all tracked. You heard about social credit system, right? But back then, it's called household registration and personnel file, student file. I was tracked. We're all tracked from birth to death. You know why 1.4 billion Chinese today are so passive they cannot raise up instead of hold a piece of blank paper to protest? The biggest protest was Tiananmen Square, 1989. Then later was Hong Kong. But now, you know, you see white paper protests. People are totally disarmed. When I first exposed to the Second Amendment, I just could not believe it. Really? I mean, you can really go to gun shop and buy a gun? (laughs) You know, I was like, and so when my Chinese friend come over to the United States to visit me, I took them to gun shop. They all all were afraid. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, yes, it's in the constitution. So I had to talk to the gun shop in, in owner in Colorado. Are you okay for my friend, probably for the first time for them to touch guns. So maybe you can make sure it's safe and need them to have some fun? Oh, my, my three Chinese lady were, had a blast. <laughs> you know, of course, they were still worried. And they were touching, aiming, and, and uh, trying to look like they were going to, you know, mobiling. I had a picture of that on Facebook, actually. And later, I'm, I stopped sharing that because I said, what if I gave them trouble because they're in China right now? So I stopped sharing that. So when I came to this country, I just thought, okay, I'm an individual. I have a constitutional right. I don't have to worry about anything. I learned English. I got married. You know, my husband and I, me the first night, we've been married for 33 years. And you saw him. This he's from Texas, and the two boys, one girl. And uh, I got laid off 2000 and started my own business. And that's when I started have time to really learn about self governance, grassroots democracy. I become HOA board member because I did not like them people, you know, raising my dues. <laughs> it's like, so I went there complain. They say, will have a position you want to run?" Okay, so in order to run, I remember for the first time, I had to do a speech. I write down a piece of paper to see why I'm running for HOA board, and then memorize it. I memorized, it. I mean, that was like over 10 years ago, and then I start to practice speech. And I got elected. Of course, nobody volunteered either. <laughs> and, and then I found out when my kids go to public school, it's crazy, boys cannot be boys. My boy, First, second grade, we're talking about in his fantasy game, building a bomb and blow up a universe, right? It's typical boy's fantasy game. He went to principal's office. I complained. And this parent told me, we're starting a charter school. I said, what is charter school? So it's still public school. You don't pay, but we'll get less funding. But you have a parental control. You can't get involved. I went there one session, signed all my boys up. And then later, when I don't like something is going on, I want to really get it involved about our school, because we, as a governing council of the board of parents, hire and fire principal. So I run again, practice my speech, why I care about parental rights. My my mom, my grandma, they did not have any in China. I got elected as a board of the charter school and later had the chance to run as a chair. And I fired the principal. (laughs) I feel so empowered. This is great country. Hey, if you involve your kid's education, starting on charter school, or get involved with one, you can exercise your parental control and parental rights. And she said, you fire me? I say, well, the board decided not to renew your contract. I stay professional, you know? (laughs) Well, she saw that she had us all control. And I went to state capital to learn about state government as a, for a budget committee, uh, a Republican. And the first day I came home depressed. My husband said, "What's wrong? Did you have fun at the state capital?" I said, "It looks like a zoo." He said, "Why, John? There are so many special interest lobbyists, but nobody represents us. They're working middle class and taxpayers. You know how many rent sinkers in your state capital?" I had to learn that hard way to say, of course, I was cited at beginning to walk in, walk out, right? In China, you dare to walk into government building? No. There's like two soldiers standing outside with guns. We never had a chance. I never voted in my entire life in China. I was about 24 years old. So I say, oh, it's nice. I can just walk in, walk out. It's all, even committee meeting can go in, go out but still nobody truly represents us. I said, why are so many people here? What do they want? I learned they want the government budget money. Yep. Yeah. It's like, a, oh, it's like a, this is how state government works. And um, of course they had the law to say, hey, you cannot take gifts and have meal, dinner with somebody over $50. I said, oh, that's good. So as a politician, you cannot just be corrupted, right? Even my banker, when I offered him some gift, my banker who gave me the mortgage said, no, lady, we cannot take any gift from our customer. It's our, you know, pro- policy. I can't get in trouble lose my job. I thought, oh, this country is so clean, you know, because in China, you know, bribery, corrupt officials, if you want to get a permit, like my dad, want to get a permit to fix his bicycles to make a living after retirement. And... He's supposed to bribe the officials, but my father is full of dignity. He refused to bribe anyone. That's why they forced him to work illegally to um, pay me every month in Shanghai for my law degree. And I wrote a famous article about that. My hero, tribute to my father, you know, um, I have been writing my, you know, open end and tell my stories, and, you know, I have a tribute to founding fathers, my father, my mother, and uh, warning on critical race theory, you know, hear the siren, you know, red guards chanting. So, but it's not enough. I have been active since I wake up, right? Since I wake up 2008 to see what's going on in this country? I thought this is a constitutional republic. How come I don't recognize it? Patriot Act, I think, bail all the big banks, TARP money, 2008, remember that? Then Obama came in to say, you did not build that. Fundamentally transform America. Common Core, race to the top, federal government money for local government to give up your curriculum, your local control to federal government. And it's like a ding, 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 you know. I, my husband, is one of the most honest men I ever met. He also is, he said he become kind of libertarian in my day since he was 13. So he taught me how to think freely for years, very patiently, have to teach me English. They have to tell me, you need to read this book, read this book, because he said, Lily, you escaped communist China. But you don't have other ideology, because when I get frustrated, I always say government should do this, government should do that. He said no, government is not solution. So the first book, I said, what is the solution? He said, read this book, Milton Friedman, Free to Choose. And I love his books, his videos, you know, talk about free market, free enterprise system is the best way to prosperity as consumers will have lots of power, and we need a free competition to boost the economy, have economical growth, this small limited government. That's why I joined the Republican Party when I become a citizen. Yeah. But of course, lots of them don't stick to it anymore. So so from Obama, Bush, and then I, first time I heard new world waters, like what is that? <laughs> so I woke up earlier, started looking into all this stuff to say, Oh, this country is changing. But the fundamentally, the first time I ever testified in state capital is against gun control, 2013, 10 years ago. Said so I thought, uh, doesn't matter, I'm afraid of gun, I don't like gun, I don't own gun, but it's there. Guarantee my right to own gun, to fight tyranny. But Colorado Democrats take over, and they want to, ban- they want to control guns, they want to limit our AR-15 magazines. And... Uh, I got so scared. I was like, what's going on? I need to go testify. It was long line in state capital. I, my straight red sense come to play. If I'm gonna wait here, I have to stay until midnight for whole day. I, I had to go home. My kids were home waiting for me. So I went inside with the director of the Rocky Mountain Gun Owners in Colorado to say, Hey, Mr. Mr. I am a Chinese immigrant. I hate, I hate this gun control. Can I go in with you? I, I, otherwise I have to go home. I, I will miss my chance to testify. I have a unique story, I said. He said, okay, come in with me. So I bypassed Long Nai, went inside to testify with him, sit next to him. I was a little bit nervous talking to all these, you know, state legislators and told them my story that the guns against tyranny, what happened in Tiananmen Square. They passed the bill anyway on party night, and uh, I wrote my first open ed, Guns Against Tyranny, published by National Review, 2013. I'm not, not good English enough, but it's, you can understand them when you read it. And I say, This country is changing. I'm not going to sit on sofa anymore. I mean, besides running my own business and manage family and raise children, I'm going to get politically involved. Then I later, run for office in Colorado, and I become speaker for Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Say, Lily, we need you to go to our middle school, high schools and colleges to tell you stories. And I'm still on their um, speaker's bureau called the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. So I did that for six years. I was shocked to see our kids know very little about communism history. They actually like King Bernie Sanders. I went to one public school in Las Vegas, and I went to Puerto Rico University. It's got all the social science everywhere. Free this, free that. Is that horrible? For me, it's like, a, that's how Chinese bought into communism. We're going to give you free land. You're going to take what you need. And then they're starving to death. But our kids don't know that. So when I tell them, how many of people died of starvation under Mao. They did not know. I said, yeah, more people die under Mao than Hitler. They did not know. What what is mass famine? What is cultural revolution? No idea. Even teachers did not know. It was very shocking. I went to Iowa. I remember this teacher told me, lady, that's very interesting. We don't know the details about Mao's cultural revolution at all. In teachers' colleges, they don't teach that. Wonder why our kids, Don't know the truth. If your parents don't keep them close, don't exercise school choice and and have alternative options to public schools. So you have two generations of Americans don't know history. It's left a version of history. So I've been doing that for six years. And the last three years, I mean, four years ago, I moved to New Hampshire. I saw Colorado totally lost. I love Colorado. I lived there for 20 years, bought my first house there. I raised three children in that house. We still own that house. But I told my, my husband, Colorado is going to become California. We better get out here. I chased freedom. So I found a New Hampshire, leave free or die state with some friends there. My husband said, well, you want me to drop my career and drop my job? move across country, my parents live in Wyoming, so far away from them, and leave our three kids and move to East Coast. He's he's from Texas, remember. (laughs) He said, it's like, oh, took me six months to really convince him that uh, my passion is freedom. And I said, "Uh, what do you want? He said, I just want you. Well, it's easy, follow me. (laughs) I said, I'm from China to Texas, to Colorado, to Hong Kong and back to Colorado and uh, now to New Hampshire. And uh, so he retired at 59 and a half, barely getting his five, like what's called 401k money and went to New Hampshire starting our life over within months later, COVID, lockdowns. I could not sleep in the past few years because I never expected America would be adopting communist china tactic to lock down their citizens are we individuals are we going to let the government to tell us what is essential business you cannot cut hair you cannot go to gym you cannot go to church because government says so i at the beginning, I was like, you guys probably are worried about things. And then the riots happened, George Floyd events, BLM riots, even had a lot, little country in Washington called Chad for six months or so. <laughs> it's like a, every day you watch on TV, my heart was so heavy. It really reminded me, like she said, we could not sleep. It's like, we have seen this before. My first childhood memory is a struggling sessions in a public square of my grandma's place, community housing. And a painful memory of one guy floating on top of the community well, 20 feet deep. We all have to use their water. And one guy jump in there and floating on top of the water. And I ran away as a child. I did not think about it for so many years until I got COVID lying in the hospital. Just close my eyes, just all I thought about was my life in China, a childhood memories. And this one just came back to me. And I had to come out of the hospital, talk to my uncle in China, who is that man? We saw that lake body, "Oh." oh, black class labor. Could not handle the torture, the struggle session anymore, and killed himself. My uncle knew him and they have, we had to spend weeks waiting with no water because they had to disinfect the well. That was my childhood memory. And now I'm seeing the same thing. How worried I am. I have another video to show you. Recently, June 2nd, I was featured in this premier documentary film called The Great Awakening. So I had a two minutes clip from that documentary film, where you can find also on my YouTube also later, and talk about, you know, WEF, talk about the Great Reset, the communism and globalism and this you know, that's why they call the Great Awakening combined with the pandemic and all that. So after you say this, you can tell why I'm so passionate about traveling around the country and telling people my stories. Here you go. The young people are used today to do the American Cultural Revolution to turn the kids, basically, not to trust their parents anymore. And uh, say, oh, my parents don't understand me, I'm confused. I need to uh, turn to my teachers, turn to other authority figures. Look at the mouse cultural revolution to say, how many similarities are there? America is last stand on earth for freedom. If we lose this country, the world will be a very dark place. I have three children in this country. I want to protect their American dream. So, here I am, you know. I've noticed that every time you speak about America, your eyes fill with tears. I do, I do love this country. No place to go. And I just hope people can hear my stories. For past five years, I've been telling the same saying. I have no political agenda here. I just want to live American dream. And my children live American dream. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> It's time to ask questions. It's time to wake up. Well, the producer from Hollywood, he was interviewing me in Austin, Texas last fall. And um, he's a very good interviewer. I, I blame him. He said, you make me cry. <laughs> and it was like in a very dark studio, professional studio. And, but I'm glad this uh, um, um, film is going to wake up. I think lots of people. I hope you will watch the entire thing. When we premiered in Austin, Texas, 2.8 million people watched live stream all over the world. Especially young people. Because when I went to the premiere event, there were lots of young people. Even RFK campaign, young people were there for him. So they're asking questions. And that would be the great one to share. So I, Sometimes people say, you get so passionate about talking about American dream and, and our great country. I say, well, what I'm supposed to feel passionate about then, I come here with nothing. I'm blessed with everything, and I'm supposed to be oppressed, victim, and I think about everything is racist and demonize American people who welcome me with open heart. Okay, John, John Williams got a 40-something family members all white. I'm supposed to say, hey, not to defend them? Well, they do thank me. Thank you for defending us, really. <laughs> because they're all white, right? They're cowboys, they hard-working people. I, in 30 years in this country, 35 years now since day one, I really have not experienced discrimination. Plus, I have three home business. I'm living American dream. I can travel the world now to live my childhood dream to say, I want to see the world. I was practicing ping pong so hard because I want to become national team member so I could go abroad, but I had no talents. I did not even make it to high school <laughs> you know, in, in sports, but I had the brain, I had the personality to actually get the best quality education. To, to go to best universities, and I come to this country, I have so much to be grateful, and this is the exceptional country. There's no one place you can tell me in the world to go to, to do what I do today. So I, my story of my life and she's life are the best ones to defeat the narratives of the radical left, Marxist or cultural revolution. Remember, the communists got to do, got to use identity politics to achieve their power. They want absolute power. They cannot do classic struggle theory anymore, like Marxism, communism. So they are using race, they are using transgenderism, and whatever fancy words might come up next. Just get prepared. It's always like a mouse every two, three, five years, he has new campaign and new fencing terms. And the state media lied every day until that becomes the truth accepted by the public because people don't know the truth when they control this, you know, and all the press, all the media. No free speech, even today in China. Well, today I just watched the you know, hearing on Capitol Hill. We are losing our free speech. I went to Facebook jail. YouTube video interview was demonetized. I have never dreamed that I would come to this country. Sometimes I have to self-censor. Maybe I should not use that word on Facebook, otherwise very few people will see my post. Is that sad? Is it urgent? Plus other similarities besides that? They are adopting China-style social credit system through WEF. ESG, central bank currency. If you allow that to happen, doesn't matter how much money you have, how comfortable you feel about your wealth, it doesn't matter. You will lose your freedom, privacy, family, and the private property. So do whatever you can. Now not talk about DOJ, FBI, or weaponized, and going after political enemies, I never thought I would come to my promised land, a free country, to see the sitting president got censored. A presidential candidate today from RFK to other ones get censored. Interviews taken down. It's the Chinese Communist Party's playbook. The word tyrants, the American communists are using them. And what is their purpose? Think about it. why are they doing that? Really they believe skin color and race? It's only useful idiots believe that, like our young people. And what churches believe that? No, it's just a tool for them to use to do American cultural revolution to destroy this country. China has a China dream, but it's not Chinese people's dream. It is Xi Jinping's dream, called the China dream. By 2049, China will become number one superpower in the world. How do they achieve that without their friends, supporters, all over the Western countries? Adopt their tactics, even supply them the technology equipment to abuse human rights inside China. And TikTok, WeChat, or Chinese app. 100 million Americans are using it on their cell phone. Talk about China balloon, spy balloon. They're on your phones. They're on your kids' cell phones. And they're not even as foreign agents. And how many years they have infiltrated into our country from Confucius Institute to our government, to the universities, to the Hollywood. Big tech. Thousands of employees work for Facebook from China. That's why I'm being terribly shadow banned. I'm only effective on Twitter now every day. So it's like if you cannot speak freely, you cannot think freely, then people don't have access to truth. It would be just like today's China. So you take whatever the state media tell you, and you cannot keep your people close. And they don't know the information, they live in fear. It is very sad for me to say this. So, but I'm still hopeful for America. There's no better country. I have traveled around the world. I was just in Scotland getting interviewed by a parental rights group. This this, this cultural Marxism push, transgenderism, take away parental rights. It's a world phenomenon. You should be really worried. I don't want you to feel depressed after you listen to two survivors. And we have my friend, Yu Kong Zhao, who came here, actually, with his book too. He wrote a book. And talk about his cultural revolution testimony. And, and, and Mike, could you stand up, Mike? And my friend, Mike, he actually was, a, he is the president of aging American Coalition for Education. He fought tirelessly with other leaders to bring down affirmative action. Let's give him a big hand, yeah. So to follow me, if you like my messages, please share my YouTube videos. And I have a website, lilytongwilliams.com, and YouTube, and Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. (laughs) But I'm everywhere. We are not gonna be canceled until we cancel ourselves which is not an option for us, we're not going to be silenced. If you are worried about your job, your career, your property, your business, think about what I should worry. I have family in China. I got threatened in 2019. Dare not to come back home, you traitor. Traitor to who? I'm an American citizen but they still own me and they can threaten my families. I have not been home since 2015 to see my extended family I have one brother. But I can manage my fear. I am on a mission. In my lifetime, I want to keep America free. I want to bring down the CCP dictatorship so the Chinese people can be free and the freedom lovers in the world should unite to fight communism, socialism, globalism, whatever collectivism we're talking about, including Christian nationalism, we need to be united, not divided. Most people, if they wake up, if keep them close, they wake up, we are united as American citizens. There's nothing we cannot achieve. So thank you for having me. Thank you.